Hey, what up, Long Beach? March Madness is upon us, and that's just one of the exciting things we're talking about on today's show, The LB Fee Show. As always, it is hosted by the562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler, and we've got an interesting interview coming up with softball coach Kim Souter. Her team medically cleared now to play this week after having a game canceled over the weekend, so we'll talk to her about that and more. But of course, we've got to bring on the man of the hour. It's his show, and he's coming to you live from Las Vegas. It's Athletic Director Andy Fee. Hey, Andy, how are you? JJ, always uh, great to talk to you. And yes, coming uh, to you live and direct from uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. You rolling 11s and 7s out there? What's the deal? You know, I just got to stretch, got to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm limber and, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, the, the old saying, all I need is a chip in a chair, JJ. That's right. That's right. What's your go-to game, Andy? Do you have one that you like to play for fun? Uh, I, I'm a poker guy. I like poker, probably uh, an easy out there, but uh, but I like poker, big uh, big poker fan. Don't get to play very often, but I love uh, I love the game and the psychology and, and everything that goes with it. You feeling a buzz out there? We've talked a lot about it. The Big West Conference Tournament in Las Vegas, back in Las Vegas, uh, big deal for you guys, big deal for the conference. You feeling a buzz? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you've got. I think there's five tournaments here now in Las Vegas. I could be wrong on the count, but there's definitely a buzz when you come to Las Vegas around basketball these days. It has become a hub of activity uh, for basketball. I think our team, coaches, staff, players, myself, everybody's excited. Um, there, there's definitely, you step, you step into this city, you step onto the property here, and uh, it's got a special feel to it for sure. What's the travel itinerary like for the men's and women's teams? Obviously, with it being at Honda Center, the local SoCal teams have an easy way to get there. Are those are the teams taking buses to Las Vegas? What's going on? Yeah, so both our teams travel by bus. Uh, we decided just easier uh, to kind of keep our, our cohorts and, and kind of stick together uh, on the buses. The men arrived into Las Vegas yesterday, I believe. And the women come in later today, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a fairly easy trip by bus, not too far for us. And, uh, you know, it's testing every day once you get here uh, with the COVID protocols. And so far, all the tests have come back negative for us. So for the men, at least since they're here, uh, that's looking good so far. So we'll just kind of keep our fingers crossed. And then when the women will arrive, they'll, they'll immediately test and kind of jump into the bubble here we we do have um essentially a bubble here uh much like the nba uh we've got two hotels here we've got mandalay bay and delano uh the men are staying in the delano and the women's teams are staying in mandalay bay and teams will be on different floors and uh it will definitely have a, a different vibe to it for sure the women's team going to be a number three seed after their historic start to this very strange regular season and the conference schedule. Taking on Cal Poly, it's going to be the quarterfinals on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Those games are going to be available on ESPN3. If you want to check that out, again, 8 p.m. on Wednesday, the opener for the women's team, who were able to snap their losing streak over the weekend at UC Irvine. Senior Naomi Hunt coming alive she scored 21 points in each of those games against the Anteaters. Boy, Andy, kind of nice to see that, huh? Some offense from the women's team. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it was a little, uh, little bit of a drought there, but what a great way to, to end the, the regular season and kind of position yourself to go into the tournament. 
the women, I think, have a, an extra pep in their step. Um, you know, Naomi coming and, and having a great game. And, um, you know, I think we really like uh, where the women are positioned right now. And, uh, you know, the men, uh, we'll see how, how they go. Anything is possible. Certainly some, some tough, extremely close games to, to end the year on the men's side which is certainly frustrating for us all. I know it's frustrating for fans, the, the players, the coaches, but the thing you have to remind yourself is uh, we went toe to toe with, with all the teams in the conference. Um, and, I, and I think we, we like, if we can kind of get um, on the men's side, things rolling uh, and close out games, uh, we just need to do that. If we play our game, we play to our ability, uh, we can make a run in the tournament on the men's side for sure. When you guys were thinking about moving this, right? Obviously, everything at Honda Center was going the way it was going, and moving to Las Vegas is just a horse of a different color. So when you guys are making the pro, cons, and priorities list, where was making sure that the first round and the first rounds of this conference tournament for the women were in the same location as the men? Uh, critical. And I think um, every single athletic director uh, was in favor of, of ensuring that that um, was possible. We want uh, there to be an equity in terms of uh, the experience for the student athletes, whether you're male or female. And certainly there were some hurdles uh, historically with the Honda Center due to the Ducks playing there, the NHL games. But as we move forward, uh, we want to make sure that we go to a venue that no matter, again, whether you're male or female, you're going to have that great experience, that same experience walking onto the championship court. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that's going to change uh, moving forward, whether we come back to Vegas or we go somewhere else. I, I think that's a core principle that uh, that we'll want to meet as a, as a Big West Conference. You mentioned them before that men's team unable to snap their losing streak in the regular season finale against UC Irvine. Going to be the nine seed taking on Cal State Northridge on Tuesday. That's 3 p.m. Again, those games on ESPN3. But they're going to have to do it without top shooting guard Michael Carter III, dismissed from the program just hours before that regular season finale. Andy, what happened? Yeah, so, you know, won't get into uh, specifics per se, but we have uh, expectations, high expectations around our program uh, of what we ask our student athletes, our coaches, staff, all of us uh, to adhere to and meet. Michael uh, did not meet those, but uh, you know we want Michael to, to land on his feet and we'll, we'll help him uh, in terms of where he ends up playing next season. Uh, he won't be back with our program, but he's gonna stay within our academics, make sure that his eligibility remains uh, there so he can transfer and go somewhere else. Uh, Michael did some really great things for us, uh, but again, we just, we just have high expectations and uh, it comes down to accountability. And each of us has to be accountable for our actions. And unfortunately, we had to go a different direction. But, you know, we wish Michael the best uh, in his future. He's, he's a heck of a basketball player. And, um, you know, again, not, not in the cards here to, uh, to continue. But, um, again, it comes down to that accountability. And um, that's where the decision came from. Those high expectations were mentioned by Coach Dan Munson in the post-game press conference uh, when he was asked that question as well. And this is, uh, I, as by my marks, I'm going back and looking at the rosters, and they've obviously changed since those seasons. But I can only find one season since uh, 2012 when Dan Munson didn't indefinitely suspend or dismiss someone from the program. 
obviously that's because he does have those high expectations but you as an athletic director looking at your big um your men's basketball teams and your big teams on campus is that what you want to see do you want to see your coaches disciplining the student athletes like that is it a concern for you yeah, you know, I mean, it's a concern because we want to to walk the talk. And if we're going to say we have high expectations, um, if we're going to ask folks to do certain things, we need to make sure that we're accountable um, to each other and to ourselves. And ultimately, no matter how many points you score, how many goals uh, you score, whatever it may be, whichever sport it is, it comes down to how we represent and what we do. And um, certainly, you know, someone like uh, MC3, who um, has on the court done a tremendous job and, and brought a lot to the program, it still comes back to taking care of business. And, um, you know, we don't want to overlook that. Um, you know, if it comes down to winning, we want to win the right way and do it the right way and not take shortcuts. And that's shortcuts to ourselves. Um, as a program or as an athletic department. And, um, you know, we have great coaches here and uh, for the most part, great student athletes, and they understand um, what those expectations are and uh, that they agree to those and will be held accountable to those. So, you know, whether it's today or, you know, years ago or years moving ahead, I think as an athletic department, that's always going to be central to, uh, to how we, we operate. And, um, it says a lot to, to who you are and what you do. And uh, sometimes there's some tough discussions there. And, you know, it's never um, something that you want to do to part ways. But nonetheless, um, in order to have those, those high standards, we have to be accountable. Well, just like every year before the conference tournament, the Big West hands out their awards. And there's some to hand out for Long Beach State. Chance Hunter and Isaiah Washington from that men's team on the honorable mention list. For the women, Justina King getting some get some nice hardware. She got her second All Defensive Team award, and she was also named First Team All Big West. Uh, just had a great all around season. Thirteen point seven points per game. She also added seventy five assists in the uh, in the twenty games and forty two steals. So really good stuff from uh, Justina King. We had her on the show. And she's, she's just a great kid, right? Like we always joke with her about Canada and all that stuff. And she's just always got such a great outlook. There were times during that uh, losing streak where you could see her picking up her team and vice versa. She's been such a key to their success. Yeah, she is uh, a great leader, a great person. Um, you know, you mentioned her success on the court. Um, she has the same success in the classroom. She is just somebody that, you want in your program and that you want to be around and um, that just picks you up. You know, I think, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, in my mind, I think of a great player who picked people up around them was Magic Johnson. He always made his, his, his teammates better. Um, anybody that was around that much better. And that's something that Justina King delivers as well. So we're really excited um, to see what she and the team can do here in Las Vegas. And then, you know, looking ahead, you know, I don't want to get too far out ahead, but um, of what Coach Kamen has been able to do to build the program to where, uh, you know, this year we end up as the, the three seed, you know, preseason, they picked this like the six seed. And I think it's just a testament to the hard work, dedication, and the quality of the individuals um, that Coach Kamen's brought in along with his staff. And, um, you know, the result is you get someone like Justina 
Justina King, who is so easy to cheer for, root for. And uh, again, we're excited to see what she and the rest of the team does this week. Speaking of the future, all freshman team also released and uh, Long Beach State Guard Patricia Chung was on that list. So great for her. Great for that program. You're absolutely right, Andy. Good stuff ahead. Elsewhere in Long Beach State news this week and last week, really, uh, beach volleyball back in action. Redshirt sophomore Alice Pertese and Gerben, they got the Big West Pair of the Week after the duo went 5-1 and one last weekend against USC, Pepperdine, Vanguard, and Loyola Marymount. Uh, good for beach volleyball to get back out there. Nice to see more teams in action on campus. Hoping to see a lot more of that. We got to check in with the golf programs as well. Some good news for the women and the men. Freshman Angela Kim and sophomore Hunter Pate both finished with top honors at the Blue Wave Invitational. And that is a solid tournament out there hosted by UCLA and Pepperdine. So good stuff from the women's program at that. And then also the men's program putting together a nice round for the Sacramento State Intercollegiate. Uh, Sieber, Epson, and Rodia, they all finished in the top 10, but we got to talk about Hunter Epson. He's a Wilson High alum, local boy, named Big West Men's Golfer of the Month after leading the beach at some other tournaments back in February. And his former teammate, classmate, Wilson guy, Tyler Schaefer, is also leading the Long Beach State men's golf team right now at Brandon Dunes Championships. Those rounds will conclude later this week. And the women's golf team is also going to be at Arizona Wildcat Invitational later this week. So those teams still in action. Also this week at the beach, beach volleyball going to be back in action on the road at Loyola Marymount and USC. We already mentioned the Big West Tournament Championship game scheduled for Saturday in Las Vegas. Hopefully Long Beach State is involved. But before we get to our interview, we needed to talk about the softball team. Had their game against UCLA scheduled to be on campus on Saturday, canceled due to protocols. Then the game versus San Diego State, the doubleheader on campus on Tuesday, has now been medically cleared. Breaking news here at the LBB show. So the softball team has a game at Cal Baptist coming up on Thursday. That's still kind of up in the air because the Cal Baptist tests need to come in. And then the game Sunday, 1 p.m., Loyola Marymount could possibly be the home opener at the Long Beach State Softball Complex. Andy, obviously you guys have had practice with this. That was why basketball came back when it did kind of the test run to see what you would do in a situation like this, where positive tests come up mid season. How are you guys handling this softball situation? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. COVID as you've heard me mention over and over uh, is just something um, that uh, no one could forecast. Um, And then how you, how you kind of uh, address it, how do you react to it? And, We've learned a lot through uh, the basketball teams going through the testing and and those pauses. And I think uh, as we look to contact tracing, um, that's how we've been able to get softball back um, as a team. Now, there'll be some individuals who uh, who will be on the sideline um, in quarantine, but um, being able to contact trace and, and, and look for um, those connections you know, you can kind of figure out, well, you know, is this something that's going to affect the whole team? Is this a particular player? Um, So we want to ultimately do these things safely, but we've continued to learn more and more, not just as an athletic department, but, but all of us and, and, and certainly our medical experts on campus and in the city and the County and the state and, and in the country, the CDC, Um, you know, obviously the CDC just came out with some new guidelines around those who've been fully vaccinated and, and what you can do and what you can't do, so to speak. 
So we'll just continue to kind of roll with things as they change, but it all comes down to being comfortable being uncomfortable. And, um, you know, the concept of start, stop, um, in the athletics world, in, in, in our world here at Long Beach State Athletics, it's just something that you have to accept. You don't have to like it, uh, but you have to accept it, that this could happen. And our student athletes and coaches have done a tremendous job rolling with the punches, um, knowing that, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to be a pause, indefinite pause. Maybe it's going to be a three-day pause. So we'll just continue to, to work with our medical experts on campus, um, Dr. Uh, Jeff Lai, who is our, our head team physician, and uh, Dr. Kim Fodron, who is the chief medical officer for the campus, working with them. Ultimately, we, we put those final decisions in their hands. It's not, it's not in Andy's hands or, or a particular head coach. Uh, as I mentioned, we want to defer the, to the science and, and to the medical experts. So we'll keep moving forward. Uh, you know, it suddenly seems as though the COVID gods just don't want us to play UCLA. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe we'll play, maybe we won't play. Nothing is guaranteed at this point. Um, you know, we'll just keep hoping that we can kind of reschedule as things come up. We're going to be entering into conference play soon. So it's just really very fluid and, uh, just, you know, just caution the fans to, to, to hang in there when they see a pause, um, or a schedule change. Um, it's just something that we've never, ever had to face before, but again, we've learned a lot and hopefully this spring, not just for softball, but our other teams, uh, we'll be able to work through it and, uh, have the best season we possibly can. Coverage of all of that that we just talked about and everything else, Long Beach State Athletics is always available to 562.org. So make sure you get over there and subscribe for the newsletter, the video, the previews, recaps, photos, Twitter updates, and the interaction with Beach Nation. We now welcome on our special guest for the week. In her 13 seasons at Long Beach State, the softball program has been a force in the Big West. It's Kim Souter. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Obviously, we just talked to uh, Andy about it and the, you guys being on a pause, unable to play UCLA. Just add yourself to the list of Long Beach State teams who can't play the Bruins this year. Are you guys feeling okay? Is everybody doing okay? And how are you feeling personally? Yeah, the team is uh, is doing doing fine. We're uh, you know it, it's certainly different, and uh, we've we've learned. I mean, starting since September, you know, we were hoping to come back in September, October, November, December, January, and then finally got got back in February. So we're we're definitely. Uh, have learned how to adapt and uh it, it's been great to to get those first two weeks back on the field just getting out and getting into a routine and working out and being together as a team was uh was definitely a lift and you know we're we're learning how to deal with with setbacks here and adapting and i could not be more proud of the way the team is handling it it's not easy and uh They've been just doing a great job. Well, let's look at this thing half full, right? You guys were supposed to only have two weeks to practice before your season opener. Now you're just getting more practice. Yes, we are. Well, yeah, we do. Uh, when we do pause, we do have to uh, not practice for a few days there. So I think we've had 11 practices now. So 
um, but we're we're thankful for that opportunity. So, um, and we were thrilled to be back out there today and and uh, have the green light right now. So we're excited for for our games tomorrow. We talked about it for our season preview that's available right now at the 562.org about how you kind of have to take a different approach as a coach and even strength and conditioning coach Laura Teal. You guys have to kind of do stuff differently for the practices in considering what these uh, student athletes have gone through, the fact that they might not be in full game shape right now. How have those practices been and are you guys adjusting within the limitations of the student athletes? Yeah, we definitely are. I mean, it, it really is one day at a time. You can't plan out what you want this whole week because it seems like every day something changes and people that are available and, uh, you know, how, how they're responding to the practices that you're putting out there. So it's, it's constantly adapting, but uh, this team's ready. I mean, they're ready to make the most of every minute they're on the field you know, they want to compete out there. They don't, they're not just, you know, happy to be, be back and, you know, they're, they're great competitors. So it's, it really is a one day at a time. Sometimes we got to cut out our strength and conditioning portion because we need a little bit more time on the field uh, at this point. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of, kind of juggling everything and one day at a time. So what are you noticing? different from your players i mean is it bat speed is it like you said strength and conditioning is it just having the gas to go a full practice um they've actually surprised me and uh been pretty good pretty well conditioned um you know the strength the strength training for for four months you know four to five months before we get in is is a big difference but especially for for the freshman class um, but, uh, I think the biggest difference right now is, is just the speed of the game. Um, because it's been a year, I mean, we've had 11 practices in in a year. So, um, it's, it's just the speed of the game. Really. I was super impressed with our pitchers, their command. Um, you know, they were efficient. They pitched well enough you know, to not give up any runs if our, our defense was able to, you know, play, play their, you know, best game. But uh, that that's kind of, I feel like where we struggled probably the most was defense and just the speed of the game. We have a lot of new position players and just getting reads off the bat. Everything was, you know, we're, we're just a little behind in that area, um, but we're working on it. Yeah, speaking of pitchers, you get you got a really good one coming in uh, out of San Jose State, another elite transfer, Shannon Haddad, who you guys actually faced last year. So that's pretty cool. She she gave you the business a little bit, didn't she? She did. It was it was a well fought battle on on both sides, and uh, she's she's a great competitor, and uh, we're happy to have her in our program, and uh, looking forward to her getting her first outing. Uh, this week so she had a one ERA in 18 appearances for San Jose State last year what makes her so good what's her specialty I think um well she's got talent she's got some really good pitches with you know good movement that kind of hit every area in uh, the zone and I think her her biggest thing is just her competitive her competitive spirit in the circle I mean she 
loves this game. She loves to be in the circle and, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing her out there. She's going to join a talented returning senior, Kelly White, in the circle. And there's going to be another one-two punch for you guys at the top of your order. You excited for that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, as far as the, the offensive or the pitching? Uh, no, the pitching. I mean, you've oh, got, okay. Breezy, you got Breezy Wise back at the top of the lineup. You know, obviously that's really important, right? Yeah, yeah. Breezy uh, had an outstanding year and had some good contact in her first outing already. And uh, just uh, looking forward to seeing her, Sarah Olson, Riley Sipe, um, all returners there at the top of the lineup. Gonzo um, had a lot of good at-bats, got walked quite a bit in our first outing. But uh, there's, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. We just uh, really really need to get some time time out there on the field and some game game experience and um, try to get better each day. Yeah, how is uh, Alyssa Gonzalez looking? She looks great. She's, uh, she's done a great job of, of leading. Um, you know, she's got a lot of experience um, and she's, she's just done, I mean, from the fall and on the Zoom meetings to, you know, reaching out and kind of establishing accountability partners with the team. And uh, it's been great to just watch her grow and uh, really take over that leadership role. So she looks calm and confident in the box. Yeah, she had a team high, 26 hits, 19 ribbies last year. She's going to be joined in the heart of the lineup with Susie Brookshire, another transfer from San Jose State. I know you and I have talked about this on this show. You guys are such a nice landing spot for these bounce back transfers from these elite programs. Why do you think that is? Why are you such a good place for them? Um, I just think it ends up being a good fit. Um, they, you know, the program, it's, we're a competitive program. A lot of times it's something that is a fit that's a little bit closer to home. Um, you know, sometimes they've played with, you know, these kids recruit kids. I mean, they, they like to play with people they're connected with. And uh, we've just, we've been very fortunate, as you said. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been very successful with, our, with some of our transfers. Very successful with some yeah. of your transfers. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, you know, with that success comes expectations. You guys have made seven of the last 12 NCAA postseasons coming out of the Big West. Well, don't give it all away, Coach, but what's some of the keys to that success and really that sustained success? You've now won over 400 games at Long Beach State. I just, I think it's, it's recruiting uh, great, great players. And I think, um, you know, just the, the players, all the alumni that have come in and kind of set the tone um, for this program, um, they, they pretty much are what it's all about. And um, you know, with the new group wants to come in and, and leave their legacy behind. So um, I, I think it's just trying to recruit the best players we can get. And uh, they've done a great job of coming together. And I feel like we've worked hard on the culture to make sure that uh, people are, you know, happy here. And, you know, we feel like they get, we get the most out of them if, if we can push them and just have that positive environment for them. So tomorrow, one o'clock, Long Beach Softball Complex. It, it's on. You guys are playing San Diego with this doubleheader? 
We are, we are <laughs> knock on wood because you know, things you adapt, you always got to adapt, but everything, everything was great. All the tests were perfect today. So, um, we tested yesterday, we tested today. Everybody's everyone's got the negative test. So we're, we're super excited about that. Yeah. Where, where are your expectations? I mean, obviously coming into the season, like you said, stay fluid, be like water. Don't, don't expect anything, expect the unexpected, but at the same time, like what would constitute a successful season for Long Beach State softball? Is it just finishing without any more pauses? Well, I mean, we want more, we definitely want more than that. I mean, um, I think we've learned a lot, even in our couple of weeks back here that uh, with the whole contact tracing and avoiding these situations. I mean, it certainly is a goal to not have a positive out of our 31 people that are in our, in our bubble. So um, that's certainly the goal, but we want to get to the point. If we do have happen to have that happen, we don't want to lose more than one. And we're learning how to do that better. Um, we learned even more. We can be better at that for sure, without a doubt with the contact close contact. So um, I, I think we're going to do better with that. So yeah, that would that would certainly make things, you know, a little bit easier for us if, if we could avoid any positive tests, you know, but just continuing to adapt, learn from everything we can and, uh, you know, hopefully get some momentum. Yeah, you want to carry that momentum right into the season that almost starts immediately for the conference schedule. Do you like the way the conference set up the schedule where you guys are playing a doubleheader first and then possibly playing another doubleheader in order to try to get four games where only three of them count on your big West record? Yes, I mean, they they ended up uh, giving us the option to play four if both teams agreed upon it. And uh, at this point, we want to, you know, play games because you know, we're, we're down to a limited number of games. So, um, yeah, we're, we're happy. I would love to have four and have them all count, but, uh, you know, as long as at least we get to play those four and have that option. So, um, we will play, I believe four of the teams four times. So. And when you do that, do you take a different approach into that fourth game, the non-conference? I mean, are you going to take an opportunity there to maybe play some seniors who are back playing this season because that's what this season is about yeah I think uh you know we've never been in this situation but I definitely think we'll use it to for whatever we feel like we need um at the time whether it's you know we feel like we need to get just certain players more reps or game experience or you know if we need to rest somebody um we certainly can you know give other people opportunities and yeah it will be um, it, definitely a different, different look probably than the first three games. All right. Last question. We got to look forward a long way to see this, but I've got my eyes on it. I know when I went to school, the rivalry between Long Beach state and Cal state Fullerton was a lot thicker, but it's still there. So Long Beach state and Cal state Fullerton on top of the preseason coaches poll here at, for the big West. Uh, and it's going to be the last series of the regular season on May 14th. I love that coach. I love that you guys are playing each other the last weekend. Do you like that rivalry? I know you obviously played them when you played at Long Beach State. 
Yes, I absolutely love that rivalry and it is still very, very thick. So um, good. We, we definitely, uh, you know, they've, they've gotten the best of it the last few years and uh, that stings a little for sure. And uh, you know, we're, we're wanting to get back on top. So yeah, it's a, it's great program. A lot of respect for that program, but uh, yeah, it's a huge rivalry and uh, looking forward to, to that uh, series at the end. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time, Coach. Really appreciate it. Best of luck. Stay healthy. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Before we get out of here, got to do our big shouts for the week all the way from Las Vegas, Andy. Make sure you shout loud so they can hear you. Yeah. Big shout out to Mark Edrington. Mark, um, you, you've had him on the show um, before as a guest um, uh, along uh, with his expertise. I just want to give him another shout out because um, what he's been able to do with our other medical folks in terms of that testing that we keep talking about, uh, we've gotten over a lot of hurdles and to get our spring sports going and now to have fall sports returning uh, on the 15th, big news about that. I'm going to give a big shout out to Mark Edrington for helping make that possible. So thank you, Mark. That was a good one. If you guys didn't hear that episode with Mark talking everything COVID-19 and also some really cool stories about Walter Pyramid, make sure you go back and subscribe to the LBF show so it downloads on your phone automatically every other week. My big shout for the week is a simple one, Beach Vision. Everybody from me to anyone else who logged in to watch basketball over the last few months, we need to thank Beach Vision for making that possible. It wasn't a smooth start, but they stuck with it they made it happen, and uh, Long Beach State basketball fans were able to see the men's and women's team both compete at Walter Pyramid. So thank you, Beach Vision. Also, thank you to producer Roger, Kim Souter for stopping by, and of course, Andy. We will see you guys very soon covering Long Beach State Athletics. Take care, y'all.